Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 147 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler, joined by a very special guest and co-pilot with me today, uh, American Raptors rugby coordinator, Scott Nice. <laughs> I don't have to say your last name very much, Scott. It's, it's always, it throws me for a loop when it comes up. So. You're usually good for about a 50-50 success yeah. rate on it, so yeah, we'll take this That's one. not too bad. Uh, if, I'll get you in the Hall of Fame in, in most sports, honestly. <laughs> Uh, so it should be a fun show. We're just gonna we're just gonna shoot the breeze. We're just gonna see what happens. Uh, got a good lineup here, and we'll just jump into it. And the first thing we'll do every week, same way we start the show, uh, is by jumping into the breakdown, which is brought to you by O'Neills. O'Neills is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in world rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neills.com. That's O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com. What do you think about O'Neill, Scott? You like this stuff? Absolutely. I mean, they've done a great job uh, outfitting us uh, this past season. I mean, the boys love the kit. The boys love a lot of the stuff they get. One thing they really killed it on this year was we got new team quarter zips. And as uh, as much as the rugby office pretends it's a corporate office, I think this is the, the first piece of clothing that <laughs> solidified that. So, no, they've been super easy to work with, and um, we really appreciate everything they've done so far. Can wear it to the country club and the tri club, right? Exactly. Love it. Neat, neat clothes like that. All right, Scott. So we don't have we don't have a, a super, you know, extensive breakdown because it's July seventh. Uh, especially you know locally, there's not a ton going on, a lot going on in the world, uh, but but stuff that applies to us, there, there's not a whole lot going on. So all right, so let's go ahead and start with the American Raptors. I think you're uh, you're about as plugged in as anybody in the world is what's going on with the American Raptors as the American Raptors rugby coordinator. Uh, so see, we're we're you know a week or two into the off season. What's kind of been going on? Yeah, so after the the Slar campaign, I mean, that was definitely a wake-up call for a lot of the players, um, kind of seeing where we need to be in our level of international rugby. So guys really haven't taken that much of a step back. Um, a lot of guys jumped right into their off-season program. A lot of guys are playing sevens. 
Um, one person specifically I want to shout out is uh, Watson. He's playing for the experts, I believe, this weekend in yeah. uh, the PR7. So I'll be excited to watch him play. A bunch of other guys are getting sevens reps with some local clubs. So it's cool to see them branch out because we're primarily a 15s program. And so for a lot of guys, especially those that are new to rugby, sevens might be where they get to flash their athleticism a little bit right. more. So hopefully we'll get a lot of good feedback from guys doing that. But um, yeah, it really hasn't, uh, most players really haven't taking their foot off the gas like guys are more invigorated than ever to get better to play better and really just ramp back up for the fall that's good to hear best way uh to learn is just keep playing right Absolutely. and i know i had zach hall on last week and i gotta ask him he's the first player i've talked to since slar wrapped up and just to kind of get you know a little bit of the vibe of like how people were feeling after that because it can be discouraging right to you know take a wind up on the wrong side of a couple um, you know, bad losses, one bad loss in particular, second loss wasn't too bad. Um, and it, it just, it's cool to hear him talk about, it's like, yeah, well, I mean, you take it, you learn from it, you grow, like how else are you supposed to know where you stand in the grand scheme of things if you don't try? So, um, it's good to see them you know, Absolutely. take these learning experiences and get back on the horse and just play through it this summer and come back in the fall and see what happens. So. I mean, playing against teams better than you is always a good litmus test because you're, you're never going to know until you maybe receive on the on the wrong end of a losing score so it's always good obviously you don't want those to happen frequently but every now and then you got to put yourself up against the best like we saw when the u.s national team played new zealand like mm -hmm. they lost by like 100 points but you're always going to compare yourself to the best and the only way to actually do that is to play the best see so. that, that's just so confusing to me about this whole thing is like i saw so much i already i've already done this rant on this podcast in the last <laughs> couple of weeks but so many people are like what is the point of doing this and you, and you could say that for anything. Mm -hmm. Why was that, you know, classic college football? Why did Alcorn State play Michigan that one game and they beat them, you know? <laughs> why why you, why does any non, you know, G5 team play Alabama? Why did the USA play New Zealand? Like, wh why, what do you mean why? Like, of course <laughs> you do it because that's how you see how good you really are, how much work you have to do. Like, there might be some pleasant surprises in there, and I'm sure there was, like, when you get into the nitty-gritty and you are – Oh, look at how well this guy performed, and and you know maybe we're we're not so sharp here, but we're sharper here than we thought. Like it's all learning experience. That's what the whole point of this whole thing is, right? Oh, like it's absolutely. To test the, you know the metal of these crossover guys, uh, you know, against some of the best rugby players South America has to offer. So I think it Those always me nuts. I'm glad you brought that. <laughs> I think it always goes back to like one thing I think about like in the Olympics specifically is for for team tournament uh, formats like would you rather win your last game or compete for the gold and i think it's always compete for the gold right yeah winning the bronze is cool because you win your last game you go out a winner but ask any competitor no let me compete for first place whether i win or not and so i think yeah. it goes down to that you always want to compete against the best compete for that opportunity whether that goes your way or not most of the time is a different story but now i'm i'm always a always a someone that supports the idea of playing against the best that's that's how i think you get better and there's going to be some harsh lessons along the way, but I think it's important. That's important how you part learn. of it. Exactly. That's how you learn. That's the exactly. whole point of this whole thing. Like, <laughs> just like anything in sport ever, right? Like you play it, you got to beat the best to be the best, all that good stuff. So I'm glad that you brought that up. <laughs> um, I think that's about does it, right? Like I said, it is July 7th, so there's not a ton going on. Uh, things are relatively quiet around here. Uh, so we're going to move into MLR, which there's not a, a ton in that either. I saw that the you know they announced uh, all MLR teams, so – Congrats to those guys for for uh, you know making those award lists. Did you watch the final at all? Um, not really, to be completely <laughs> honest. I watched the highlights in it's retrospect. Not, it sounds like you were uh, 
you were you know taking the the shape of everybody else unfortunately i, I had my i had my rugby fix with the slar <laughs> and i mean everyone always needs Need a breather a every now and then exactly so i definitely went back and watched it but i i didn't watch it live Live. That's all right. It's hard to put you on blast there. I, I would, like I said, I, I did this last week too. So shout out if anyone listened last week, listen to this again. But I was sick. Like I felt bad. I had some stomach bug. So I was just at home on the couch. I couldn't get up. I probably wouldn't have watched it either. Like I would have done chores. Um, I thought last year it's like obviously later in the summer because of COVID. But put it on a Sunday, put it in the afternoon. I feel like most people leave their Sundays relatively free. Like maybe that's laundry day or something for you. So you can just sit on the couch and, and watch MLR final. Uh, but putting it at 10 a.m. Mountain on uh, Saturday is tough. I think I was actually playing a game during that game. I so. think a lot of people were. <laughs> I saw people saying like every, you know, sevens, you know, you got, you got stuff going on. Exactly. stuff going on on Saturday morning where, you know, Sunday's a little bit more open, especially <laughs> in the summer. Uh, last year's in August, obviously. But uh, so tough. But. Congrats to those guys who made that that team. Uh, I'm sure again it will be an interesting summer in MLR with all the 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 webs that they need to sort out. Always forget to mute my computer during this show. Um, so moving into USA Rugby, uh, picked up a solid victory over French Barbarians down mm. in Houston last week. Nice little tune-up match. Uh, now they got the big boys this week as they take on Chile uh, in the opening round of their their Rugby World Cup qualifier series. Uh, what do you think about this one, Scott? You excited for this? I'm, I'm optimistically nervous. Um, I think the the elephant in the room is this Chilean team's been together for months. They had a fantastic Slar campaign. They are just a really tight new group, tight knit group of individuals. And South American rugby has been on a meteoric rise recently. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. team, they've been together for the last couple of weeks, and they put out a good showing against the French Barbarians. But I mean, obviously, there's there's always stuff you can work on. So. I think be happy with the win against the French Barbarians, but that in no way is a huge momentum carrier into this into this team against Chile because the French Barbarians had maybe been together for a couple weeks at most, mm-hmm. and this Chilean team's been together for the better part of a year. So that that's quite daunting. Um, but, I mean, it's a World Cup qualifier. Anything can happen, and it's exciting. These are the moments as a rugby player that you dream about, and this group of guys is going to get to experience it. So, I mean, I'll be watching from the stands and, and hoping for the best. How long has the Eagles have been together for what, like about a month now? I think month on the on the far end because I think they got together for maybe ten days prior to the French Barbarians game. Okay. They they got together in Houston, um, and then they'll be here in Glendale, I believe, next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've definitely spent some time together, definitely more than seasons past. But right. still, a couple weeks is in is in no right. way the same as the better part of a year. So it's daunting for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, oh man, I'm just thinking like. Because you you have these you know these weird like series right like it's a it's a home and home uh, and that you just it's just so important to to nail this first week right like you digging yourself out of a hole is not the ideal place you want to be um, and, and like you said it could very easily be that they could be looking that in the face mm-hmm. you know as they come back to, yeah. to Infinity Park to play their, their if, second if they want a momentum game this this weekend in Chile is going to be it I mean yeah. it's going to be a lot easier to carry momentum like you said into Glendale than dig yourself out of a hole here fortunately we have a sold out crowd I mean yep. that be, I believe uh, came official like as of yesterday yep. so that that'll be huge for the homestand that'll be uh, have you been were you here for USA Canada in 2019 mm-hmm. It's just like a fun environment, man. It's a great like environment. Standing room only. Everyone's super into it. I mean, when Glendale's full, it reminds me of some of those premiership stadiums where yeah. it's not 
you don't have 40% filled in a huge national stadium. It's everyone's there, everyone's focused, and yeah. that there's something about that buzz that it lends is. itself. It's like a big high school game, like, and maybe that's not the best comparison <laughs> because, but there is like a different energy, you know what I'm talking about, like in a high school stadium where everyone's like super rowdy and everyone's really into it. Well, I think when, when seats are filled, there's very few people that are dragged along to them. Yeah. If you're, if you're there, you want to be there. You're either new and involved in rugby or have been around it long enough to be able to teach someone where yeah. it's not a burden that you, sometimes you get when people are like, Oh, don't talk to me. I'm trying to learn the game or yeah. I'm trying to watch it. So Glendale is a great environment for that. So hopefully the boys can feed off it. And everybody knows what's on the line. That makes it, oh, you know, all that yeah. more special. High stakes, high reward. Yeah, nice. that's some good tension in the air. It'll be place you want to be. I have a bachelor party, so I will not be here that weekend, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so you have to fill me in, Scott. Scott will be. Are you coming to that? Yep, yeah, I'll okay. be here. Yeah, boots on the ground. Scott, Scott will be there. <laughs> all right, so we'll go ahead and move into all the rugby you can watch this weekend. Uh, you know, speaking of this match, all the rugby you can watch this weekend is brought to you by Wintergreen. Wintergreen loves rugby and wants to support USA Rugby's mission of uniting an inclusive, passionate rugby community to grow the sport of rugby in America. Wintergreen gels, creams, sprays, and soaks are made with wintergreen oil and other therapeutic natural oils that help to soothe and support sore muscles and joints to keep you at your best. Visit wintergreensport.com to purchase the products you need to help you prepare to win. Shout out Wintergreen. I like that stuff. Uh, so... Moving away from some international stuff, we'll, we'll go to the, I think, the one domestic competition happening this weekend. That's Premier Rugby Sevens. Uh, that Scott already talked about. American Raptor Watson, Fleeky Tonga, be taking uh, part in this tournament as a member of the experts. So no rest for the wicked. He's right back into, into some high-level sevens. Uh, this is their first of three competitions for this month. And it takes place in San Jose, Bay Area. So that's kind of where... You know Watson's neck of the woods, so that's kind of cool for him be to a go back, for him. Yeah, back to the bay and play some rugby. Uh, that all gets started at 1 p.m. Mountain on Fubu Fubu Fubo <laughs> Sports Network. Uh, the women's finals begin at 7 p.m. Mountain. Men's finals begin at 7:25 p.m. Mountain. So, again, if you you're Saturday, you're doing some chores around your house or whatever, throw that on. That's what I like about rugby. Like on the weekends, just if you're doing no, no no matter what, you got rugby all day. Like most of the year, it's nice. Throw it on the TV. Clean up your kitchen, you know, do whatever you got to do. Uh, it's nice to have on, but uh, keep an eye out for Watson. It's going to be exciting. Uh, of course, we talked about Eagles. Uh, USA Eagles versus Chile on Saturday at 4 p.m. Mountain in uh, Santiago. Uh, that one is on Flow Rugby, so make sure you tune into that. Obviously, a big one. Um, next, we got Japan versus France Friday at 11.45 p.m., so you stay up late. Maybe you go out, have, have a drink or two, and you come back 11. You call it a little early. Come watch some rugby. I think we have some lines on these ones, Scott. What's that one looking like? Yeah, so courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, we have France is a 19.5-point favorite against Japan. I think that's pretty. That's a huge margin, but, I mean, odds on France is one of, if not the best team in the world right now. That is the only international match I haven't watched from last week, so that score is not at the top of my top of my brain. But I mean, Japan has so much to play for, but I just don't see someone overcoming France's attack. They can score out well from inside their own five meter, and it's just it's incredible. They play the territory game with Dupont in the air, but can also play it off him off every ruck on his feet. Like he is one of the most incredible working scrum halves I've ever watched over my however long I've been playing or around rugby. And it's just, he's, it's just 
it's a different thing to see. It's kind of like when Bowden Barrett first came on and for the first like year and a half, two years, no one knew what to do. You mm-hmm. couldn't, you couldn't figure him out. His speed, his, the way he attacked the line was so incredible. And now defenses have, have changed a little bit to make it a little tougher on him, but now DuPont's the next in the air. And so I, I take France in that. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I love, I love when Japan fires it up against big, big tier one nations and they're essentially one now themselves. But um, I just, France is on another level right now. Like they're, they're incredible. Some might say they're peaking too early for the, the next rugby world cup, but I mean, they, they're so fun to watch from a spectator's spectator's perspective. And yeah, they're just, they're second to none right now in terms of entertainment value and entertaining rugby. So you take France to cover. Yeah. I don't feel great about it because <laughs> that's a lot of points, but I mean, France could score three tries in 10 minutes. Who knows? Okay. Like they're just, they're incredible. So there you go. Sprinkle that responsibly, of course. Uh, All Blacks versus Ireland, Saturday at 12.53 a.m. So, again, roll that over. Get home, roll that over into the next match. Uh, that one's on Flow Rugby as well. What's that one looking like? New Zealand is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, their rosters got released today. Um, I saw all three uh, Barrett brothers are in the starting lineup. That's always never fun for a defense, uh, especially at home in New Zealand. I don't know where this one is being played off the top of my head. Doomed in. It is? Okay. Um, I was going to say if it, was, if it was Eden Park, New Zealand by 50. But um, <laughs> I, I think I'll still take – I don't know. This one's really tough. Um, I think I'll still take New Zealand with the points. Um, just they're they're so tough to contain on a good day. I mean, they're, they're always in the top three, and for good reason. They're New Zealand. They're one of the greatest – sporting teams ever the all blacks so i i take new zealand with the points two tries again like france they could put those together in a flurry of phases so um again pretty big spread so not one i feel super confident about but i mean it, it's hard to get bet against the trio of the bear brothers that being said ireland has kind of been the achilles heel of new zealand in the recent years so who knows maybe we'll see that again Australia versus England on Saturday at 3.55 a.m. This, I mean, I am, in terms of Tier 1 international nations, Australia is my favorite team, and it's not even close. So I'm going to be a little biased with this pick. I also, apologies to any of our our listeners from across the pond, but I I do love to root against England (laughs) in most international games. So I'll take Australia. Um, Considering that their starting 10 got injured in the warm-up and they were playing with 14 men for... A significant amount of the game and still strung together a pretty significant win. Um, I take them again with a full squad. Uh, Noah Lelacio is the 10. Um, we had a, um, a kicking coach that came out uh, for the Raptors last fall who worked very extensively with him and had nothing but praise. Um, I was impressed with what I saw, especially stepping in at such short notice. And I think intentionally, uh, Australia has quite a few heavy hitters on the bench. I mean, if Noah starts to crumple, James O'Connor will come straight in, and he's been in great form recently. So I'm really excited to watch that game. Um, I believe Hunter Paisami is getting the start at 15, and he is one of the most electric defenders currently in international test rugby. The dude hits like no other. Um, And so pair that with uh, Marika Corbetti. I like Australia has incredible defensive opportunity paired with ridiculous attacking ability. So I, I take that minus two and a half. I, Marcus Smith has impressed me a lot, except for the last game. Um, granted, I'm 100% raising my hand as a couch, couch judge right now. Um, fun fact, I got to play against Marcus Smith in like under 12s <laughs> in Singapore, and he was torching us then. So I don't have a whole lot of legs to stand on, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Australia minus two and a half. 
pretty much a pick em. I know. It's pretty close. Yeah, that's about as close as it gets. Uh, South Africa versus Wales, Saturday at 9 a.m. So that... Perf- perfect breakfast match. Perfect, exactly. Perfect breakfast match. That was probably the game of last weekend. South Africa just once again showed how they they are the best in the world and are very much deserving of that. I mean, they they were down, I want to say, 18-3 to three at one point and ended up winning... I uh, won one by two on a last or on an extra time, um, I believe penalty kick. And it's just, they, they have no pressure. They don't put any pressure on themselves. They just play. There's no deficit that's insurmountable for them. Fafta clerk is right. Is one of, is maybe one of the, the best nines we've ever seen. I know all my scrum half friends look up to him and rightly so like he's as feisty as he should be without pushing over the line can make a hit when he needs to. And it's just David versus Goliath and every single thing he does. And David always wins. So it's, it's very interesting. I hope they, I could be speaking on misinformation here, but I hope they bring back in Andre Pollard at 10. I think he brings a lot of continuity and, um, just overall confidence to the squad. He really runs their system well, which um, Yankees does sometimes, but gets a little sporadic. And his kicking was a little tough to watch last week. So maybe with, um, I guess, maybe not as an exciting of a fly half, but a little bit more of a calmer one. South Africa may be able to get to a lead rather than a deficit early. So I, I take South Africa minus 10 and a half. I don't see them going down again to Wales like they did. Um, but that being said, Wales Wales almost pulled off an incredible upset. So, I mean, Wales isn't one to go away easy, but I, I just don't see South Africa letting the mistakes that happened to them last game happen again. So I'll take South Africa minus 10.5. Love it. Last but not least, Argentina versus Scotland Saturday at 1 p.m. I, I think I love a couple of the players on Scotland. Uh, I think they're very fun to watch. Finn Russell's great. Stuart Hogg's great. I think Argentina, in comparison with or in, in line with the rise of South American rugby, is just going to continuously get better. And, and those have kind of been uh, two teams where you're always like, "Hey, I'm waiting for you to do the next thing, waiting for you to move the next mark." And Argentina is currently doing that. And they they showed again last week. I think they won by eight last week. I, I'll take them minus five and a half again. I think Argentina is building very very well for the World Cup, and I don't I don't see them slowing down. Scotland, I believe, is plagued with some continuous injuries, so unfortunate for them but i like the argentinian argentinian rugby is a joy to watch at the moment and i i don't see them i don't see them losing this one perfect uh, what do you say we get like a scotty too hottie parlay out on the internet this week you want to parlay all those sure uh, maybe not all of them uh reminiscent of my my college gambling blog at the collegian i'm gonna do it um i did earn colton money like about three years ago before we really knew each other that was that was my my claim to fame but i'll take australia minus two and a half um south africa minus ten and a half and scotland minus five and a half okay we'll, we'll take those three I'll get that out. I'll get that together. <laughs> put that on the internet for us this week. But so. you know, and if if I lose you money, I've a thousand apologies. It's your own fault. You I'll should have you know exercise some self restraint <laughs> and not listen to everything we say. Yeah, so. I was trusted a talking head on the internet. <laughs> all right, that's all the rugby you can watch this weekend. We'll go ahead and move into the interview portion of the show. Uh, interview portion of the shows with American Raptors rugby coordinator Scott right here already brought to you by guard lab during the mouth guard revolution with American main mouth guards that perform protect and recover more information, visit guardlab.com. So Scott, uh, I got, I got a few questions for you. Obviously you've been very generous with your time already. Uh, so the first question we ask everybody that comes on the show, Scott, please tell us where you're from. 
So that's kind of a complicated question for me. Um, I am originally from Northern California. I lived there till I was 10 years old, uh, just north of San Francisco, like right across the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, and then uh, my family moved to South Korea for four years. And then after that, we moved to Singapore for five years. Uh, Singapore is really where I consider most of my formative years were spent. And so um, it's also kind of a cool place to say where you're from, start to get conversation starter. So um, we'll, we'll go with Singapore for now, but okay. yeah. Very nice. And then I was going to, I mean, leading into that, I was hoping you could tell everybody a little bit about your rugby background because it's different than most. Absolutely, yeah. Having grown up in different countries. So uh, in Singapore, I started playing rugby when I was in eighth grade. I, um, I was a new kid in school. Both my parents are international school teachers, so that's why we were out there, and they're still overseas themselves. But um, I was uh, cross-country was my main sport. My family are a bunch of runners, and I was running cross-country, and the social studies teacher was the rugby head coach. And it was like my third week of school. I still didn't really know anyone. He's like, hey, you look kind of athletic. You want to come play rugby? We always need numbers. I was like, oh, sorry, man. Like, I have cross-country practice in the afternoon. I can't do it. And he goes, well, I already asked your coach. And they also do morning sessions. So you can just go to that one and then come meet me in the afternoon. It's like, well, you kind of called my bluff yeah. there and uh, started doing that and immediately fell in love with the sport. Um, joined a club not soon after. So I was playing outside of school. And then, I mean, now I've been playing for almost 11, 12 years. So, nice. I mean, that's what brought me to Colorado. That's what um, brought, brought me to the Raptors and um, not in a playing sense, but um, my, <laughs> well, my kind of uh, true, <laughs> true. We can, get it, we can get into that. But um, yeah, I mean, rugby's uh, been what I've like lived, breathed, slept for the last decade. I mean, it's been a huge part of my life and being able to now work in professional sports, let alone in rugby has just been an absolute dream come true. Awesome. Uh, kind of is the perfect, you know, segue to the next question. I'm sure this is something you like maybe still think about every day, but like what exactly does a rugby coordinator do? I'm still learning that. Yeah, that's what um, I was saying. I think it, it changes, so I'm sure. A fun, fun little fact is I was originally hired for the position of assistant player personnel. And when I went to go get my badge at Glendale, they had the drop down menu and that wasn't on there, but there was one that said rugby coordinator. Okay. And I said, I like that way better. <laughs> so we'll just take that moniker. But basically the way I kind of describe it is I'm part uh, team manager, part um, helper of player personnel. Uh, what I like to say is my main job is making sure um, the players are informed, taken care of, and just kind of continuously making sure that they feel like they're a part of something here. Uh, so I do a lot with uh, the player apartments, help guys get set up there. Uh, when we're in season, I do a lot of travel planning, a lot of game day logistics. Um, I'm the point guy on our travels. Um, Peter Pask usually does everything uh, prior. Like he gets all of the admin stuff set up behind the scenes. And then once we're there, then it's uh, kind of on me to make sure everything goes goes to flow. So he and I are kind of the one, one, two team on that stuff. Um, but yeah, every day is, that's a awesome part of the job is every day is different. I never get bored. I can say that with absolute facts. <laughs> so, um, no, it's just, it's really cool to work with all the players, work with the staff. Um, I mean, I, I played rugby at Colorado state and, uh, Mose and Sarah Shabbat were my head coaches while I was there. And very, very luckily they've now become two of my very good friends since working here. Mm -hmm. So that's been a cool transition for me personally. But, um, now this job is really, you kind of just got to, be ready to tackle whatever comes at you yeah. and and get it done. It's not really a, hey, no, we can't make that happen. It's like, okay, yeah, I will, figure and I'll it figure out. it out. Yeah, so it's, it's been a lot of that, which I love. It's a lot of learning new skills on the fly and just making stuff work, which yeah. is something that uh, I continue to learn how to do every day. 
Love it. Have you ever seen those like house hunters memes? Mm-hmm. That it's like, I'm a colored pencil, whatever designer, and this is my husband who like builds, you know, Lego statues, and our budget is one million dollars. Uh-huh. Like my girlfriend and I have this joke where it's like, I kind of have a house hunter's job. Like you definitely have a house hunter's <laughs> job. Like as you just described, this you have a one of one job, and this job really does not exist like elsewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe like I assume you bump into other people in the rugby world that have similar, you know things that you do but like this is this is one of one there's no other job that exists like this in the entire world um and like you said there's not a lot of saying no it's up to you to figure a lot of stuff out so i want you to think of like the busiest day that you've been here and like take me through what that day looked like for you that's a great question um if you if you need to think about it a little more just like take us through like a maybe it's like a in season day, you're you're booking a trip for you know a week or two out. Like, how does that work? I mean, maybe not the busiest, but where I was doing the most random things would have yeah, been yeah. Uh, one of these past days during the Slar tournament because I was also like, in addition to all that other stuff, I was kind of the liaison for mm-hmm. a couple of the teams, would just kind of help whatever they needed. And first and foremost, shout out to our city manager Linda Cassidy and our facilities director um, Kieran because. They, if I ever thought I was doing a lot of things, they were doing that times a million. Um, so take all of what I've said with a grain of salt, because there's certainly people that are, were doing way more than I was. But um, I remember one day we got in, I think it was, it was either a game day or the day before a game day. And so part of this tournament is I would help get out all the equipment for all the teams and just kind of keep a running list of what team needed, put it away, bring it out. So I was doing that. Then our guys were doing their captain's run, was getting them sorted. Then I was also prepping the locker rooms for tomorrow. I like to do that the day before, so I don't have to worry about it day of because there's always stuff that happens day of. And then I get a call from um, the Uruguayan team manager, and he's like, hey, we're doing a team social tonight. Can you help me go pick up meat? I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, we need we need 40 pounds of meat to barbecue. And I was like, I, sure, man. Like, I guess I guess I can do that. Um, so drop what I'm doing, drive him to a grocery store, sit with him for like two hours while he gets a bunch of meat. Um, and well, what was that price tag looking like? Oh, it was a couple hundred bucks. Um, I mean, he was buying 40 pounds of meat for 40 rugby guys. Like, I don't even know if it was enough. But um, so do that, get that taken care of, and then get back continue to, to go about my like daily prep stuff um and then the argentinian team manager calls me and he goes hey uh, i need a bunch of party hats like, what and he goes yeah we're having our social tonight and we all like to wear funny hats when we do it and i was like all right so took him to party city and just just the most like random stuff yeah. but again it's like it's like yep yeah, cool we'll, we'll make it happen we'll get it so my subaru got a decent amount of miles that day just going to <laughs> random places but i mean again like it's just it's hilarious. I never, right. I'm always the, the person at family dinners where people are like, what, like, what are, what have you even been doing for the last year? So it's just like, I've been I taking guys to get me and ex- exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, it's whatever I think days are weird or I get a little overstressed. I mean, like I out of college was painting fences before this. So right. I get to just take a step back and like, this is awesome. And just, but it's just, it's always funny, always doable. Um, Sometimes it takes a little bit longer to do certain right. things, but I mean, Slar was crazy because it was just so much was getting thrown at you, but like, what are you going to do? Not take care of teams right. that have made an 8,000 mile journey? Like, no, like you're going to make them feel at home. You're going to 
get them here, have them enjoy yeah. their time, You're and it, get them these hats. <laughs> exactly. I heard something else about apples. Like, weren't wasn't what a team or two? Did you not hear this? Uh-uh. One one of the teams was like after apples. Like they needed apples. <laughs> I don't know if that was like the tour. If you got caught without an apple, like you were in trouble or something like that. But I did not hear that. I heard. Yeah, I heard there was a big demand for apples over <laughs> while those teams are here too. So. You'll get these teams hats. You'll get them meat. You'll exactly. make sure they're comfortable. Uh, that's cool, though. And, and this is my my next question: is just like, how good are are you at just like figuring out like random stuff? Because I think you also doing this strike me as a guy that would have like a lot of like guys. Like I feel like you need to start making like guy connections. Where oh, I have a guy that can that can get you forty pounds of meat on <laughs> this short notice. Like I mean, I oh, do I, now. I got a, a party hat guy. Uh, so just how good are you, like, have you become at like sorting through, like, because it's weird to ask and it's like kind of funny, but it's not like, it is like a good skill to just be like, I can figure out anything almost. And that kind of seems like your job, figure out anything. It's been very good for my personal ability to get over a fear of just asking questions to random people. Yeah. Um, one weird trick I've found that let's say I need to find a bus company. Um, but I'm having trouble finding a bus company. I'll call the first four or five results on Google. Um, and if they go, Hey, we can't help you. The next best question for anyone trying to figure out anything is, Oh, can you refer me to someone who does? Cause they're going to know their industry better than you. And yeah. I may not have a bunch of guys, quote they unquote, do, but they do. <laughs> so I can find guys for yeah. stuff. So that's been the best trick I've learned is, Hey, seriously, just ask. And it's yeah. like, that's something that you can use in any facet, any career. It's like, I mean, the worst you can be is in the current position you're already in. So it's been, it's definitely been fun. That's- I, I am a hundred percent certain that if I ever don't have a passport or don't have a ticket in a Madden airport, I'll be fine because mm-hmm. the amount of times we've dealt with stuff like that, <laughs> like I can get guys on our team a passport in four days now. Yeah. And it's just like weird stuff like that, that I never thought was possible. It's like, Hey, well, the other option is like our trip doesn't work and you probably get fired. So it's like, okay, I'm going to figure it out. So <laughs> I love it. I always think like, man, if I'm stuck in like Japan and I need to like charter like a boat, like I would call you, I think I'd be like, Hey Scott, can you help me figure out? I can't get on a plane. Can you give me like a submarine to get me to Hawaii or something like that? And I could take it from there. I mean, you almost had to, I got you pretty good when we were in oh, Uruguay. Yeah, that was, I don't think I've talked about that on here, but so we're in Uruguay. Uh, Scott was, a, you know, the keeper of our COVID results. And I was sitting up in my room editing some pictures. And he texted me, dude, got bad news for you. You tested positive, And my heart, like, stopped beating for a second. And I was like, no way. And and he, he quickly told me he was joking around. But it's, it, it put fear in my heart. It was, a, it was the most alive I think I felt in a few weeks. That was a good one. I still talk about that, too. I still tell people that. You gave me too much power that weekend. I know. Well, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> We need guys like you to, you know, work with the Spanish-speaking COVID testers. I reread my name on that strip like a hundred times, make sure like this is my COVID test. <laughs> so, uh, love it. Um, what I know you talked about bot and Mose already. Uh, but what's it like to just you know be around Paul, like somebody that is so established in yeah. U.S. rugby, and you got Luke, of course, is in the same boat. Mark Bullock's, you know, kind of a legend of of us rugby as well in his own right what's it like to just work with those guys day in and day out and oh, it's guys an, and girls of course it's incredible i mean first and foremost like how i came up through rugby was i was a player a very mediocre one so let's get the record straight on that but um no i still to this day play rugby so the running joke on our staff is every 
every game I'm the fourth string fly half. Even if we only have two, I'm the fourth one. There's yeah, always yeah. an open spot. But what that means is let's say I get all my stuff done in the office. I get to go out and practice with the team. And so to learn from Mose, to learn from Bod, to learn from Paul, Luke, everyone on the staff is it's second to none. Like whenever people ask, like, what's the best part of your job? 100% that's always the answer. Like yeah. I, I'm in an environment where I get to get coached on like my – working skills in in our department whether that's administration stuff travel stuff anything like that but i also get feedback on my rugby skills i mean they all come out uh to the water dogs games that's the team i play on kind of like the unofficial uh raptors like help team um when guys don't get enough minutes uh, or are too super new to the sport they'll come play with us in some lo low rep like low intensity minutes um but so for me to get to operate in this environment uh, as my full career, but also then as a player, always as someone still learning, I mean, it's second to none. It's it's awesome. Yeah. And it's definitely something I don't take for granted. That's cool. And I know you've got you've got the call twice at least, right? One, one and Vancouver. a half. Okay. One, we'll call it one and a half. Yeah. Against two Canadian sides. Yeah, That's against it. two Canadian so sides. They play a team from Canada. You get to tap. So far, <laughs> so far, we're on, we're on the list for that. I yeah. mean, the, the funniest part in that risk of um, – ruining all all of the like cool stuff i've done the <laughs> i scored a pretty cool try yeah, in the, I saw the clip <laughs> thank you against um the the canadian travel side when we had our scrimmage against them and i went home and i was telling like my parents my friends i was like i scored like a cool try against this traveling side and we go back and look at the clip and it was a scrimmage so we basically had a communal player pool and like some water dogs were getting reps yeah. on the team and basically in the try i stepped two people and um i look and the first person i step is one of my teammates from CSU. <laughs> and the second person I step is one of my older teammates from CSU. Oh, nice. So I was telling everyone, like, yeah, I stepped this, like, borderline professional team, and yeah. I go back and look at the clip, and it's two guys I've been like, playing oh, with for five years. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, maybe I'll keep that to myself or I'll announce it on a podcast. So there you we'll go. See. Yeah, I would never have known. We can cut that part. <laughs> we'll scrap that in post-production, of course. No, that is fun, though. And, I, and there is no – like, imagine working for, like, a basketball team and then be like, oh, yeah, and sometimes, like – they just put me in like when we <laughs> no, it's when we play. It's very cool. I mean, it's every every kid that plays sports yeah. growing up, it's your dream to play in some type of professional capacity and I to the day I die will say I've at least played in one. So That's sweet. Yeah. And there was like a part of me like because this is not like super uncommon in rugby, like mm -hmm. it's for sure. It, it happens, you know, sometimes like there was the documented instance of you know, Dallas Jackals like strength and conditioning coach like he had a play obviously the they had a lot of off the field stuff that happened that, sure. that contributed to that. And like, I remember like when I first, when I first started, you know, be like more around it, I was kind of like, I don't like that. But then I like, you take a step back and like, at the end of the day, sports are fun. And that's, that's fun. Like putting your strength and conditioning coach into a rugby match is fun. for sure. Having you get to play is fun. It's fun when you watch an NHL game and they play the emergency backup goalie, right? Like Absolutely. that guy, that guy's a, Whatever he does, he sells insurance or something, but he gets to play goalie for a night. Like, that's fun. At the end of the day, sports are supposed right. to be fun. So the, the probably not fun for the team that's putting them <laughs> in there. You're probably a little shorthanded, but sometimes no. they win. True. Yeah, but I don't know. Like the, the the grumpy old man part of me, like quickly, he was like, don't come on. Don't, you know, don't be 80 years old just yet. Like, so I think that's cool. That's fun for you. It's fun to watch. It's fun. Like the circumstances are fun. So that's that's nice about this, too. Um, how, I guess like how involved are you in like the day to day ops because your job is so different? Like, and maybe this is a dumb question, but I'm going to ask you anyways, like, is there ever a time that, you know, it's like, Hey Scott, like, what do you think about this? Like, what do you think about like 
this the how we operate like this training session or um or no i think or like is travis ever like hey scott like <laughs> tell me what you what, what you think about this film like what, what do we see on film here um i'd like it on record that travis and i are best <laughs> friends so he does not um does not ask me any of that um for the safety of his job probably <laughs> but Tra- um travis sneaky has like one of the most downloaded episodes of this podcast yeah, by the way. good for travis yeah. um no i usually if anything it's i get asked on the back end as kind yeah. of feedback because it like if things are changed then i'll i'll clean it up and make sure it continues to work um but not really i mean i'm i'm not in the day-to-day operations, really the planner, I'm Mr. Fix it. If something goes wrong, which is fine. Like I like being able to do that. I like having to think on my feet. Um, and it's like, I shouldn't be the one making the right. game day plans. Like that should be coaches. That yeah, should yeah, be yeah. admin figuring out, Hey, what meal times work, what stuff for that. And so then if stuff has to change, that's kind of when I'll jump in. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I mean, yeah. when we have, I will like, I'll set the schedule, but it's after I've talk to all the important people that want to make the schedule so yeah that makes sense and like the reason i like i'm not coming into this with the assumption that you're installing like the attack (laughs) game plan or something like that but like i know you know you've dabbled in coaching a little bit right like you've stepped in the high school Mm -hmm. realm a little and so like is coaching something you want to do like in your future maybe and as like because i would imagine if that is the case you're in like heaven you're in the gold absolutely resources and it's been I um I'd started coaching at uh for the programs at Regis High School and so that's been absolutely incredible and I've loved that. I do think that would probably be the maximum level that mm-hmm. I would want to go to. I think anything beyond that, I would have severe imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine was like, hey, would you ever want to coach at the Raptors? I was like, absolutely not, because <laughs> I have four years of college rugby under my belt yeah. and a year and a half, two years of men's and you're asking me if I'd like to coach alongside like three hall of fame Eagles. Like, you know, I'll probably take a step back on that one and let them do their job. (laughs) Um, But I mean, I love coaching. Like you said, it's been a perfect environment for me to transition into high school rugby, or if I'm lucky enough to do anything like beyond that, I have no one to thank, but all the people I've been working with, like I take drills out of what I see every day because it's like, Oh, you're that like that clearly works. Like, cool. Let's implement this here. And so that's been so beneficial off the field for me is like I haven't had a weird transition period where I'm like oh I don't have an arsenal of drills I don't have all this stuff it's like no like I if I don't use anything then it's completely on me so I think what's interesting about what you just said too is like you said you're you're moving to the coaching realm so I would assume like I know Regis has a has a good program but I would assume there's still like new people right and like that's what this program is it's all new people like there might be you know incredibly athletic and you know D1 football players, wrestlers, all that stuff. But like at the end of the day, they're still new. So what it, I can imagine that's probably like helpful for you because it's like the same starting point. almost. Extremely. Because one thing we found in high school rugby is the teams that have the best skill acquisition are going to do the best. Like, yeah, every team in the world one runs the one, three, three, one pattern. Mm-hmm. And you can implement that as much as you want in high school rugby. But if you can execute on two, a two on one, you're going to win right. the majority of your game. So seeing our coaches, create uh, practice plans based around skill acquisition Two guys that have never played rugby has been great for us, like breaking down bad habits and restarting them at the high school level. So it's, it's really been like the best way to transition into coaching is just by watching bot, Paul, Mose, Luke, Jake, Mm -hmm. like all of these people just in their natural habitat. And I just get to kind of reap the trickle down benefits. It's like, wow, this couldn't have worked out better. Right. (laughs) And that, 
Like I know you kind of like discredited yourself, which I don't think you should do, but that is valuable, right? Like Absolutely. that does there is value to that. Uh, so I don't think you should feel like an imposter <laughs> if you do move on to, to more coaching stuff. Um, but that's cool. So um, I know you were one of the people when before you came in, because you've been here for what, about a year now? Yeah, I believe my year anniversary is August 2nd, so okay. just under a year. Yeah, so you've been you know, 11 months and talking to you before, like you've always thought that this idea behind this whole crossover stuff was cool, but that was like as an outsider. So mm-hmm. like, what do you think about the program now that you're involved in all this, you know, behind the scenes stuff and like, has your views changed on it at all? And I guess just kind of take me through that. My, I think my biggest thing was when, when you and I first talked about this, maybe a year, two years ago, I, I was under the impression that it would happen a lot quicker that that transition where we found it takes about a year to take someone of an elite athlete into a high caliber rugby player. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll pick it up in a second. But like, as anyone that plays rugby and learns, it's like, it's, it's a sport you can, I guess, pick up somewhat quickly. It's very tough to get good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a testament to the sport we play, right? Like yeah. you don't necessarily want one where it's like, oh, he can immediately become right. a world cup caliber athlete. It's like, no, like give credit to the sport, like root for the sport. Um, but that being said, watching guys pick up a sport that I've played for 11 months and become better than me in six (laughs) has been extremely humbling. Um, like Zach Hall, like he has become an incredible rugby player. He's been playing for what, like a year, year and a half now. And it's like, I don't even think that long. I think he came like in the fall, right? Which is just incredible. Cause it's like, man, like the growth he's shown in a year is it's, 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 it's daunting. And so it's like, and I love that idea because the U S has always been called the like sleeping giant of rugby. And I think, we're still deserving of that nickname, but we have to show something soon to be deserving of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think the more you just get people to think of rugby as an alternate option rather than a lesser one, that that's where it all starts. And so I think this, this program does a good job of that because we've had guys that for whatever reason have had to leave the program, but have continued to play rugby. And in my book, that's our greatest mark of success because at the end of the day, you want to develop and keep players in the sport. And rugby support, you can continue to play in tier 50s as we see at tournaments like Aspen Rugger Fest. Right. Like they have over 55s, and it's full every year, and it's awesome to watch. And like that's one of my favorite parts. It's like, hey, your pro dreams didn't work out. You don't have to leave the sport. Right. And so I think that's a huge indicator of success. And also one of my favorite things about our program is the guys we bring in. Like it takes a certain person to drop whatever sport you've been very good at yeah. for a while and start a new one. And so it's a lot of guys come in with great work ethic, and it's like – Hey, like we're not your last option, but you've definitely had a couple things cancel on you or that you didn't make yeah. for you to find rugby. And it's like, Hey, like I'm going to get here and I'm going to work. And yeah. so I really like seeing that. And that work ethic has like rubbed off on me and my personal life. So it's just, it's just cool to be around that day yeah. in day out. And that's just something I love being a part of. I would agree with you. Like in that sense where, you know, I get the chance to not as much as you, but to talk to these guys, you know, weekly and, like just a little, the way that they look at things, because you're right, like that is such a big decision. You're making yourself so vulnerable mm. to move to a place that a lot of these people had never been before and do something completely new on, you know, a whim um, and, and getting the chance to talk to these guys just like a way about how they look at life and yeah. some of the things has been like, it's, I've definitely taken pieces that stick with me, you know, about capitalizing on opportunities and saying yes to stuff that you wouldn't usually say yes to. Um, and you know, that stuff I take with me and hopefully I can use that to make my life, you know, a little better, more interesting as we move down the road. So, 
Uh, that's a good answer. I like that. Uh, then I guess the last one I want to ask you, Scott, just like what is your like ultimate goal? And this is kind of deep, I guess, for this like this podcast. <laughs> but like, what could it, it could be like a working thing? Like, obviously, you're in this whole new realm, and I'm sure it's exposed you to a lot of different things. So, do you have like an ultimate goal? Like, I'm my, sure like mine at one point is like cover Super Bowl, or something <laughs> like that. Like, what, what's yours? I think my my goal is just to continue to stay in rugby, like to be, and this is a conversation I had with with Mark and Peter when they hired me, was they were like, hey, like, what's your five-year plan? Where do you see yourself? I'll be like, my honest answer was, this is where I saw myself in five years. So to be here now is an incredible opportunity that I'm trying really hard to do well at and continue to do well at because at the end of the day, like, I mean, you knew me when I was in my collegiate years and it was like, all when you're doing a school newspaper in the sports world, all you want to do is stay in sports. Yeah. Like that becomes your, that becomes your entire personality trait when yeah. you're in college, which is hilarious. You know. But you're like, you're the sports guy of your friends group. And it's yeah. like, I want to continue to be that, whether that's in a like playing role management role, which in all honesty, it would be the second, not, not the first, <laughs> but, um, I like, I just, I love working in the rugby world and I think it's a great time to be in it cause it's continuing to build, especially yeah. like this next decade is going to be huge for American rugby. Like we have the, we have the world cup bid. What are we going to do before then? So right. it's an exciting time to be in it. And honestly, my goal is to just stay in it, be in the thick of it, not say no to new opportunities and, and just kind of continue on that path. Perfect. That's a good way to look at it. I like that too. Cause I feel the same way. I do feel like this is a fun time to be in it and stuff changes so much, which can suck, but it's also exciting that, mm-hmm. like you said, every day is different. Um, every year is different and, and that's, that makes life a little bit more fun. So. Absolutely. I think that does for the interview portion of the show, Scott. I like those answers. Those are good. So we'll, move, well, we would move into the required reading portion of the show, which is brought to you by Gilbert, uh, the official rugby equipment supplier of the American Raptors. Visit worldrugbyshop.com to grab all your Gilbert rugby year. But again, everyone, it's July 7th. There's not a ton going on. People are on summer break. I'm working on a good piece on Sean Clark, so we could preemptively make that required <laughs> reading, I guess. But it's not <laughs> close to done yet. So uh, we'll go ahead and move to the stat of the week. Stat of the week is presented by Catapult. Catapult is committed to making performance technology available to athletes at all levels, whether it's the biggest teams and organizations in world sport or amateur rugby players. Catapult helps monitor performance like the pros. For more information, visit catapultsports.com. So I said this last week, I'm not, you know, super sure that Catapult was going to be thrilled with the stat I pulled out this week. Last week, Scott, I talked about hot dogs, uh, you know, (laughs) in, in, you know, preparation for the 4th of July. The United States Hot Dog and Sausage Council put out a thing that said they're estimating 150 million hot dogs would be eaten on the 4th of July alone, which is absurd. And I started, I raised the question, like, does anyone hold them accountable to that? So I found the president of the United States Hot Dog and Sausage Council email address. I'm going to email him and I will see, like, if anyone holds them accountable to the numbers that they throw out. Uh, So this week on the back end of 4th of July... We're going to be talking about fireworks and the, the injuries that fireworks cause. So an estimated 8,500 fireworks-related injuries uh, were treated in U.S. hospital emergency departments during the one-month special study period between June 18th, 2021 and July 18th, 2021. Uh, so you got the middle of June to the middle of July, which was a 90% um, raise from the year before, which is bad. And it just keeps going up. They said over the last 15 years, I don't remember where this is pulled from, but it's a government agency. People just keep hurting themselves with fireworks. So hopefully all the listeners are not one of those people that hurt themselves with fireworks this year. 
Uh, did you partake in any fireworks activities? Uh, as a good citizen of Colorado, I did not because they're banned everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I heard them going off in my neighborhood oh, every yeah. single night. So a lot of hard. people must have done some trips up to Wyoming and come back and ride at those stands. But um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I like to abide by the city's laws. And <laughs> I've never been like a big fireworks guy, to be honest. My dad always would. And I'm like, I don't. I don't like these. Like these are loud. These are like maybe that makes me a bad American. But like even now that I've like become an adult, I'm just not participating in fireworks there, anymore. I will say I did. Um, if you're a younger listener, cover your ears because it's a terrible <laughs> idea. But uh, I did have a couple wizard battles. Oh yeah, when I was in college I mean, with Roman candles, I those definitely are fun. did too. Like I did all that <laughs> stuff, but I got out of my system, and now I just don't. I back not that. messing with fireworks anymore. I will say, instead of um, required reading, required watching, there's a great video of I think the year anniversary was this year of last year's San Diego fireworks, oh, yeah. where they that. lit off like seventy thousand at once, <laughs> and it's awesome. Okay, that would be required <laughs> viewing. Yeah, that's what we'll pivot to. Yeah, they just what was it? They accident wasn't it like a Padres game or something like that? Or no, it was San like Diego? their big like it might have been the Coronado show, but it was big like on the barge yeah. and everyone was on the beach and they lit all of them. Yeah, and it's insane. <laughs> I will say the best fireworks show I've ever been. Um, I camped at Glendo in Wyoming, like at the lake uh, when I was in college, and they said I think it was the city of Glendo. I don't know who, but these people like they roped off like just a big section of land. And the police were like, hey, inside of these ropes, you can literally shoot whatever you want, as much as you want. So all these people, like, but please just do it inside the ropes. Like, that way we can contain, you know, if there's, like, a grass fire or something. All we, like, do whatever you want. All we ask is you do it inside of these ropes. So we did. Went up there, like, parked in, you know, in the truck. Like, lay out in the truck bed and just watched everyone just blow stuff up for, like, three hours. It was awesome. Best fireworks show I've ever seen. <laughs> Just a bunch of random people in Wyoming just lighting stuff off. It was, it was great. And it's kind of like, too, you assume the risk of going in there, right? Like yeah. You might get a then you know, it's on you. ember land on you. Then but, it's on hey, you. don't go on the ropes. That's what they said. So I uh, felt very safe. There's nice uh, you know, police and firemen all around, but it was a great show. Great And time. this has been the DNVR Fireworks Podcast. Yeah, Fireworks Podcast. I didn't think we'd talk this much about it. <laughs> Hopefully nobody hurt themselves. If you did, I hope that you're going to be okay. Uh, let's go ahead and close the show at the loop. First Bank is the official banking partner of Infinity Park. They believe in banking for good, doing their best to do right by their customers, communities, and employees. Banking for good, member FDIC. Uh, that does it for the show, really. I don't really have a lot else to say. You can follow along with everything we've got going on at DNVR Rugby on Twitter, at DNVR underscore rugby. That's a place to be. Getting really close to 1,000 followers, so push us over that edge. Um, you want to shout your social, Scott, or you just want to be mystery man? Um, I don't post a whole lot. I'm not super interesting, but I mean, you can usually find me just by my name on yeah. my socials. So. so yeah, you can track down Scott if you want. Uh, I tease the podcast, of course, so his handles in there. Um, again, I keep talking about it, but I did have a really good chat with Sean Clark about just the last year of his life uh, for a cool piece I'm working on. So keep your eyes peeled for that. It's unfortunately like a 30 minute interview that I just have not transcribed yet. That's Need to just like fork over the money for a transcription service, but uh, it's good. It's good for the creative like process, right? To go through this. You missed doing Always. that, Scott. Oh, absolutely. I will say <laughs> the one the one drawback of this job is I don't get to write as much. I mean, yeah. for those that, I mean, probably no one knows, but Colton and I were both journalism majors at yeah. Colorado State. We both did our time at the Collegian, which you know what? Shout out the Collegian. Yeah, Collegian shout rocks. Out the Collegian. Um, but I do I do greatly miss just writing and, and getting into a story for sure. Yeah. So I've been. Uh, 
I've been trying to find some time to do that. But once it comes out, it will be cool. Uh, so make sure you check that out. That's all. Thanks so much for your time, Scott. It's fun to do the show with somebody else for a change. So appreciate you sitting in with me, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. Get you back on soon. Have a great weekend. Catch you all back here next Friday.